How in fuck did you still have a rock hard bone in the morning after a sicko session like that? You sounded like the end of Rocky Four out of you last night. Because I shelved two Viagra up my ass, motherfuckers! That's how. I can't believe I agreed to this. Oh, the house. It's all good, man. She bought it. Really? She bought it? Whatever. I'll let you pay my mortgage off for a year. He's your brother. Yep. I hate seeing him like this. Wandering the yard, blubbering about his fiance. You just walk away from me that easily. You are such a fucking pussy. I, that's not... I'm not... What are you saying? You got problems coming out of your ass, my friend. Oh, you notice? <laughs> I got an idea. Stop acting like a mental patient. Don't take your side on this. Don't. You keep your mouth shut, or I'll rip your dick off and staple it onto the back of your neck. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you around. Okay, lover? Was he? Oh, yeah. What do I do? I don't know. Figure some shit out. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. You were just listening to the trailer for Perth-based filmmaker Jeremy DeSegli's latest film, Can't Win, Do Try, which we're about to discuss here with the director. When I reviewed the film last year ahead of its premiere at Cinefest Oz, I wrote that Can't Win, Do Try is very much a genre film, a rom-com at its heart. Director J.J. DeSegli puts his own very unique spin on a narrative that's laugh-out-loud funny, batshit crazy, and likely the most fun you'll have watching a movie all year. I saw the film again recently, and my opinion certainly hasn't changed. It's an absolute breath of fresh air on an Australian film landscape, which often takes itself a little too seriously. Can't Win Do Try is embarking on a national screening tour around the country. Uh, find out where you can catch it at the end of this interview. Anyway, enjoy. Jeremy uh, DeSegli, welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. It's uh, great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks. It's cool to be here. So tell us about the film. What's it about? Uh, so it's a comedy. Uh, it deals with a young man, Gordon, who convinces his fiance to live in a bachelor pad situation. The catch is they actually paid for the house together, but he convinces her it's something he'd like to do before they get married, and then he moves into the house with his best mate, Jez, and uh, then they get another housemate, O'Hara, and the uh, craziness ensues. Uh, t- tell us a bit about O'Hara. He's one of the film's more interesting characters. Yeah, he's a hard one to explain. I kind of have been calling him like a... An, an uber mensch of some sort he um he just can he kind of doesn't he's kind of like the id personality um that everyone has he doesn't really he does have a conscience in some way but he's kind of like a uh just a, a madman who can out drink out last out out fun everyone all the time uh can can you tell us about the characters and uh and how you come up with them uh, were any of them autobi- autobiographical at all I mean, I think all of them in some way slightly are. I, um, 
like Gordon is I can see how Gordon and Jez, the two guys who are living together, are kind of different parts of my own personality and one being like the uh confidant of another person and another one being the guy who's kind of unsure of himself in his mid twenties, which I think, you know, everyone has those two parts of their personality. Uh O'Hara is a kind of uh, a blend of a whole bunch of people I've known. I mean there is a guy called O'Hara, but he's not He's not that that uh, that mad. Um, he's he's a blend of uh, yeah, let's say six or seven different people. Um, and then the other characters are all kind of made up. Um, I think yeah. Uh, can you uh, can you explain the name of the film and 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 how you came up with that name because it's it's quite unusual. Yeah, uh, it is. It's difficult to write when you're writing it into a sentence because of that last full stop. I find I'm like, how do you put that? Um, can't we do try? Um, I think well, it probably originally Homer Simpson says can't uh, can't win, don't try. So I think that was something that stuck in my head as a kid. It was always a funny saying, but then I was writing something once, and I think I kind of it can apply to life a lot. Like you, it's very hard. <laughs> can't you? You don't know if you're going to win or not in a lot of things you do, but you you should try. Um, I said it to someone once. <laughs> it's kind of like life. Like you don't. You can't win. Everyone ends up dying, but you still try. So I was like, um, "That's like that's a very dark way to look at life." But um, yeah, it's a good way <laughs> so of my, putting my, it. My, yeah, my my existential reading habits. <laughs> yeah, uh, the film had its world premiere at uh, Cinefest Oz last year, which, which is mostly an older audience. Uh, what was the experience like uh, uh, considering the film's actual target audience and its themes, uh, uh, screening it in front of uh, an older audience? It was it was a very daunting experience. Uh, we were watching me, myself, and producer Simon Camp were watching the because uh, we had about eighty or ninety people flood in, and we were like, oh. This could be terrible because the jokes, um, yeah, they're aimed at a, probably a you know males between in our head between eighteen and forty possibly because the film kind of plays like um, similar to The Hangover or Old School or The Wedding Crashes stuff like that with a mix of possibly uh, like swingers or made or Edward Burns' early films but yeah we were going oh my god and but um, as it went on and they started to understand maybe the uh the language and structure of the movie the laughs started to come and we were actually by the end of it people were laughing so much they weren't hearing the next joke so it was actually a really great experience um and we just didn't expect it one lady came up to us after the film and said that that was the best experience i had in the whole festival and we're like wow and she was like uh in her 60s so yeah it was it was really great wow what a compliment mm, yeah we wasn't expecting it because every joke, and I mean, and you've seen the movie, it it may, it's quite an adult comedy in terms of some of the jokes. So, you know, and I, it was the first time in front of a big audience. So, like, I was like, oh, this doesn't hit, this could be bad, but yeah. And kind of, um, it, it kind of snowballed, and the, yeah, the laughs got bigger and bigger. Uh, the the film does have some crass scenes in it. Uh, uh, some of it's uh, quite harsh, but the characters are very warm and they're very uh, relatable. Uh, which is the character that's uh, that you've had the most feedback about? I think O'Hara is the one that everyone always goes. That guy is a he kind of does steal scenes. Um, and he, the actor's name is Matt Falani. Um, so yeah, that that's the one. 
who I always think people are, they're like, whoa. And I think, like, even when you're watching it, I think sometimes you're like, oh, when's he going to come back? When's when's he going to, you know, throw the more petrol onto the fire? Yeah, what's he going to um, do But also, next? yeah, also BMW, though, his kind of sidekick. Uh, a lot of people said to me that that's their favorite character. So that was an interesting one. And that's Christian Reed, um, who's a Perth actor who's moved over to Sydney now. But I think he, he puts in a really good performance as well they all do uh i was watching bad girl the other night another west australian uh, shot film and i noticed him uh had, had like a five second quick uh, walk on in that film and I, I had a little giggle to myself <laughs> i saw it in the trailer actually <laughs> yeah that's good harry he actually pointed out to me the lead actor in can't win um yeah he was like have you seen christian in the bad girl trailer I was like, oh, i'll check it out <laughs> I can't believe yeah. there's one scene's in the trailer, so no one has to actually go and watch the movie. They can just watch the trailer and there's a scene. Just to see Chris, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk more about this cast because uh, I think that it's one of the best things about uh, the film. Uh, can you tell us about casting these actors? Because many of them had never actually acted before, right? Yeah, not not in features. Um, it was a, I really put a lot of effort into casting. I just... I find, like, on a smaller production, if you can get the actors right, it really adds a lot. And, I mean, it sounds like a a pretty obvious thing to say, but I think um, if you put more time into that, it can really help you in the long run. So just finding guys and girls who could have the relaxed kind of intellectual tone that I needed. And intellectual sounds weird, but just some of my dialogue can be tricky to say as an actor because it can the sentences are a little bit longer than usual and stuff. You can trip over them. So someone like Harry who can, uh, you can say quite tricky dialogue quite naturally. And, uh, and then someone like Adrian Daff who plays Kelly, who's a very talented actress as well. Uh, but like Harry had never done anything apart from his own YouTube videos before Adrian was a theater actress. Matt Filani who plays Ahara also is a theatre actor a lot as well. So, um, But then, like, Chelsea Gibson, who plays Jim Jam, um, had never really done much before, and Bianca Roos, who also, she plays Sloane, had never done too much before. So um, it was just a matter of spending a lot of time um, reading with people, filming it, watching it back, getting them back in, um, just to we got the mix right. And you had shot something prior to this film. Was it was it a shorter version of the film? Were you filming something before it with these guys? Yeah, uh, it wasn't with the same actors. What happened was I met Jugular uh, as a kind of one-man crew, and that did okay. Um, like we won Melbourne Underground in 2013 and stuff. So my plan originally was to do the same thing again, so to shoot it as a one-man crew, and I kind of found as I was going it just wasn't going to work. There was too many people in scenes, and um, there was a whole thing when we, we shot about – we got about 20 minutes of it, but it was just a kind of a massive disaster. People were pulling out at the last second because of um, family incidents or personal problems and or – like uh, one girl had to catch a plane somewhere at the last second, so we lost uh, the house that we were renting. Um, we had it for a week. So we shot about 20 minutes, but in the end it was a good thing because I could kind of use it as a as a ramp to show other people and go, this is what it's going to be like. Um, so two of the actors made it through, and that was Harry and Christian, and then I brought in for the finished version three actors who had worked with the jugular from Melbourne, which is Fianna, Daru, Christian... Christopher Millington and Matt Filani. So, 
Uh, going back to those actors, they all have a great uh, chemistry on screen. Uh, can you tell us about the living situation during uh, the shoot? Uh, most of them live together in, in the house that you shot in? Yeah, uh, they did. So the three Melbourne actors all lived in the house of uh, Simon Camp's dad in Cottesloe. So, and that's the same film we shot in. So that was the the house where they all lived. So, um, and Simon lived about three minutes up the road, and and sometimes some of the actors would stay there as well. So, and I lived about another five minutes in the other direction. Um, so yeah, what would happen is you'd get there in the morning, and it was kind of like. I've said it, I think, a few times. It's kind of like film camp. People would be eating breakfast. Chris Melling's going to be smoking a cigarette out on the porch. Um, and, yeah, and then afterwards was the same thing. You'd kind of hang around and have a beer and talk about the day. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was, And I think that added to the, you know, there was little in-jokes that started going right at the start and they were still there at the end. And everyone, every day, it had a really nice feel to it. And I think, but I think also the quality Possibly the cast adds to the naturalness too. There was a great camaraderie, but this um, they were all really professional and knew, like um, like Matt Fellani, he was so well prepared to be a horror. Um, <laughs> and I think that helps with the naturalism. Like, it just seems real. Yeah. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at cinemaaustralia.com.au. Um, it's the the film is vastly different from from Jugular uh, in terms of style. Uh, was it always? I know that you were a one man crew on Jugular, but was it always your intention to do something uh, completely different after that film? Uh, I, yeah, I don't think it was a like a decision where I said I'm going to make uh, a different film now. Uh, it was just it just came naturally. I mean, I, I'm a huge comedy fan. Um, I've always loved comedic films, and I really I like all kinds of movies. So. Um, it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just something I wrote. Like I wrote the first 30 pages and I really liked it. And then I was like, what if they wake up? Let's keep moving with the characters and see where it goes. And then I got ideas and I had an ending. So it it all kind of came together that way. Um, we're looking at maybe doing like something sci-fi science fiction next. So, wow. um, Exciting. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's the plan. But I mean, if I had a really good horror script and I had got a producer, uh, who was interested? Then I'd go that way. It just it's all, it all depends on what you can get made. Sometimes too, we have a couple of things like a road movie, a little sci-fi movie. So it depends what you can get up, really. While I was uh, researching your career online, I, I learnt that you have no short film credits to your name, which is kind of rare for a contemporary Australian filmmaker nowadays. Usually they'll get two or three shorts behind them before they apply for funding and, and go forward that way. Uh, is that correct that you haven't done any short films? Uh, yeah, I've nothing that I've... I mean, I used to muck around with my friends and my brothers and make stuff on camcorders, um, but no, nothing that ever... Nothing. There was one thing we made once, which I put a little bit of effort into, but it was again just one man crew on a DV. Um, but yeah, no, no funded shorts or anything like that. How was the experience working as a one man crew compared to working with all of these people on on this film? It's good and bad. It has its benefits, and it it, uh, it was a learning curve where collaboration takes time. I think, and you can waste time on set because I would have specific ideas and then you'd have to 
translate that to the cinematographer and then he's got to light the room correctly and that can you know i i probably was a little naive as to how long lighting something can take um and then like i'd be like i'm losing time with my actors but you you kind of get used to it after a while but it took me maybe you know three or four days to work out um how it was going to happen because we didn't because it was a very like a pretty independent and small production we didn't have the pre-production time that probably a bigger film would have mm -hmm. sometimes we would have to work stuff out on the set i mean but and then the actors being very well prepared becomes a big thing um but yeah when you're doing one man crew you can kind of just it was me and greg packers just deciding what we wanted to do i'd have my shot list and I just control it and I'll go from there. So do you have a new appreciation now for uh, for the other people involved in making a movie, like the cinematographer? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Dave LeMay did a really good job and he probably put up with me a little bit at the start because I had I had like it all written down and then he'd go, what about this? And, you know, you, you quickly go, yeah, like because other people have really good ideas too. And you're like, mm -hmm. that's a good idea, let's try that. Um, and then, yeah, you're working with... Uh, like we do, like a, we did a big, there's like a seven minute one take argument between um, Kelly and uh, Gordon mm. in the house. So he had to light the whole house for the, all the movements. Um, so that's it, you know, it took a couple of hours to get that right. And then we got about six to eight of those. And then Ben Burkhart was uh, focus pulling on a, so he's following the camera around trying to focus pull. Um, <laughs> It was a, yeah, and I'm hiding in rooms, kind of moving out of the way. And it was Simon was in another room, and the sound guys, uh, you know, mucking around as well. So, yeah, Alex Wilson, who did a really good job too. So, yeah, it was. Um, you see all the working parts, and we we were very small. I mean, the most Dave had maybe two, maybe three assistants on on one or two days. Usually, just had one or two. So, it was very small. Uh, going back to the cinematographer, David, uh, he captured the film beautifully, uh, you know, using that unique West Australian natural light. Um, yep. But it's his first film, right? W was this the case with most of the, the crew? They were, they were uh, first-timers as well? Uh, I don't... Dave, Dave, I don't think... Dave had done a Canadian feature film. Oh, right, that hadn't right. been released yet, and I th I'm pretty sure he was just cinematographer on John Soto's new film. Oh, OK. Um, the Gateway? Yeah, he's... Yes, I'm pretty, I spoke to him the other day, and I'm pretty sure he was uh, cinematographer on that. Um, so, yeah, Dave, Dave was had a wealth of knowledge, um, and he had his. He kind of brought people along who he'd worked with a lot before. They did a lot of music videos together and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I think music videos sometimes don't get on to IMDb. No, that's possibly. Right. which yeah, makes so it harder for like our a, research. <laughs> Yeah, no, and me too, like, you know, because a lot of cinematographers have their reels and stuff, so you watch those, but yeah, um, they've done a lot of work together that way, and uh, they'd also, they like they knew the sound guy. I think a lot of crew in Western Australia all know each other because they work together on different things. Oh, it's so tight, yeah. World. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I kind of come more from a outside where I just kind of do the project every now and then, so I didn't know as much. It was more through Simon Camp. He was, uh, the producer was able to pull the crew together for us. So, so two very independent films with, with low budgets and, and mostly first-time talent. Uh, is this how you want to go forward as a filmmaker or are you looking for bigger budgets and, and bigger stars? Uh, it's a, again, it's a catch-22. Um, it doesn't immediately come into my head to do that because then I'm having to deal with getting the budget, which becomes a 
a whole thing that I, I but then again maybe it's, it's something I'm not that experienced in like working with Screen West or Screen Australia or any of those things but in my head it doesn't come to mind to do that like we're not planning on doing that for the next thing we're going to make um, we're planning on putting it together quite similarly to Can't Win Do Try and use what we learned to make it um, work easier like maybe get a little more pre-production time uh, in terms of being more prepared on the day um, but yeah no it's not something that jumps up at me to go oh we need this and this to get this done it's more a matter of um, finding people that are willing to work in the ethos that we've created now oh, oh that, that's very exciting um can can you ever you you spoke about those films earlier like the hangover and and uh, films like that uh, can you ever see yourself shooting a, a hollywood film oh sure yeah i mean if the opportunity came up you would i think you'd you'd jump at it but again you see it so often like um guys come off smaller things and they go on the bigger budget things and they kind of find it difficult but then again i suppose there's a lot of people like james gunn doing guardians of the galaxy and trevorrow doing jurassic world they all came off indie stuff um like really small stuff i think the guy who did jurassic world did safety not guaranteed which yes. is a tiny little sci-fi movie yeah um and yeah, gun was doing like um trauma movies i'm pretty sure so i've always I mean, wondered yeah. sorry you go. You go, you go. I've always wondered about that. Is it because they're cheap? <laughs> Do they get them at a discounted rate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if you get, like, um, Tarantino, he probably gets a huge chunk of the budget yes. cut off, right? Um, yeah, I've wondered that too. Because, yeah, you don't know kind of what it's like. I'm, I'm not sure what it's like on those kind of sets. Is it is the director kind of just dealing with the actors mostly and everything else is falling into place outside of their jurisdiction? Are you, yeah, like through on the CGI. Movie, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know what is actually going on. I think possibly because the Marvel movies all kind of look very, very similar and have a similar tone and stuff. So um, you couldn't really be too individualistic in terms of flair. But then again, Guardians and that new Hulk trailer looks like, Guardians of the Galaxy three, so yeah, that's right. That's yeah. With another, yeah. uh, you know, New Zealand independent filmmaker on board shooting that. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and so yeah, it's hard to know. Um, I mean, I think, I think like transplanting, making Can't Win Do Try on a bigger budget with with you know uh, actors, people new, and like transplanting it into, okay, we've had this idea before where we made it like say fantasy baseball and an Australian guy moves in with two American guys, you could do the same thing quite easily yes. and trans, transplant it and it would work, um, we think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I could see it definitely working, but um, making it happen. <laughs> this story. Uh, so when can audiences see this film? So uh, we are screening at Cinema Nova in Melbourne uh, on this Sunday, May 7th at 630 and then we're screening in Perth uh, on the 9th, 10th, and 11th at the Backlot, um, at, again at 6.30. If they want to purchase tickets, uh, you can do it if you go to our Facebook page, and which is just Can't Win, Do Try, and then go to the events. You can purchase tickets on Try Booking there. Uh, in Perth, the first night is completely sold out. Fantastic. And the other two nights are actually got about... Uh, between 15 and and zero tickets left, so it's that's selling out. Um quite quickly too and i think melbourne's going to actually get close too so yeah be if you want a ticket i'd, I'd get in now uh, do any of the screenings include q and a's yes they do all of 
of them actually. So um, with, with different people Melbourne, or, or with yourself? Or? Uh, I'll be there for all of them. Uh, the Melbourne one is going to have uh, Matt Falani, Christopher Millington, and Fiona Daru, so through the actors. Uh, the Perth ones, Simon Camp, the producer, is going to be involved in a couple, and a few of the actors are going to be there on different nights, depending on when they can get there. So I'm pretty sure Chelsea Gibson and Bianca Roos will be there on the opening night. Harry Quinn and the lead is actually travelling in New York at the moment, so he can't be there. And Adrian Daff and Chris Reed are in Sydney, so uh, I think CJ Hansen might be there on Open Heart as well. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me, Matt. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud. For all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews, you can visit www.cinemaaustralia.com.au. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube at Cinema Australia. 